Welcome to Making Waves, a show about sound art, produced for WGXC by New Adventures in Sound Art. NPB One. broadcast from the Northern Virtual Broadcast Service, or NVB1, where the weather is great in Nunavut, but not so good in Casablanca. On today's episode of Making Waves, we'll share sounds from a virtual broadcast service led by Geronimo Inutuk. It's part of his project called I'm Calling Home. Inutuk will be visiting NASA in the coming week, and I had the opportunity to talk with him about the topic of home and the resonance it has for him. Geronimo Anetuk is an urban Inuit multicultural and multidisciplinary artist and musician from Iqaluit on Baffin Island. With the work you're doing, you're leading these uh, kind of discussions in a kind of virtual radio platform for uh, talking about home. And as you brought that discussion to different places, um, how is that? How has those definitions of home changed? And uh, what, what, like, I also think maybe the sense of what is north, uh, how that is expressed differently in different parts of Canada. So, so this idea of uh, engaging in a dialogue with this idea of home 
came to me in, in an artistic residency I, I, uh, I had in, um, in 2020. I came up with this idea to develop this, this radio program, a radio program that I would, uh, that I could um, develop content for. And I, and I envisioned it as uh, some kind of a virtual community radio show I could produce content for and invite collaborators to, um, to contribute um, capsules uh, or interviews or um, make uh, fictitious weather or advertisements or public uh, announcements. Uh, so a mix of uh, uh, different um, topics that could be addressed through this uh, kind of a container of um, community radio. And for me, this idea of a community radio, this virtual community radio that, that ex you know, it, it exists in a, on a virtual broadcaster, uh, uh, with a virtual broadcaster. And, uh, and this for me was uh, a way to kind of have a artistic outlet for my, for my multimedia practice, because I, I, I kind of at the root of my practice, it, it comes from um, doodling and, and just uh, jamming on, on instruments. I had you know, uh, doodling, I, I say that because I, I, I do enjoy visual arts and, and video, making video and, and also you know, drawing and photography. But music is kind of like the main um, foundation of my artistic practice. And from there, I was able to expand it into multimedia and uh, from from being uh, a musician in a in a in a, in a in a group to to going to being an independent uh, electronic music producer collaborating with um, throat singers for example um, and then from there going uh, to to work in in an art gallery context doing uh, multimedia exhibits that that was my progression in in the urban context in the urban context, there's uh, you know, there's a v wide variety of cultures we could in encounter, and and when we talk about indigenous cultures within the Canadian context, there's also a wide variety of, of multiculturalism, and even within uh, the Inuit Inuit people, Inuit means people, you know, the the people in the Inuktitut language. So it means the people, um, but with the Inuit, Inuit, there's a wide variety of you know um, different um, socio-political groups. So uh, uh, ranging from uh, uh, Inuit in, in Greenland to Inuit in, in the Nunavut, where I come from, Inuit in northern Quebec. There's Inuit of the Labrador. Newfoundland, Labrador. There's Inuit of, of uh, Northwest Territories. There's Inuit in Alaska, you know, and going all the way towards up in, into you know so into Russia. So it's it's a multi we're multi it's a multinational group going up across the Arctic when 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 you say Inuit people, but. Um, in, within the urban context, within you know, within Montreal, for example, where 
that was 25 for 25 years Montreal was my home and uh, and I was able to go to a place such as a place called the the Native Friendship Center of Montreal and and go have lunches there and and just meet people uh, share lunches with people uh, who also were interested in going to that same place and there I met different community Inuit, different Inuit people from different communities living within the urban context for different reasons. And uh, I, I invited different people to contribute segments that, um, you know, I, different people from, from the community that I encountered uh, in Montreal, for example, uh, online, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, my friend Jarvis, who's from Quebec, my friend Tom is originally from um, uh, Cape Dorset, which is, you know, in Nunavut. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend Patrick, who, who his mother and my mother went to the same residential school, uh, who lives in Montreal, you know, and uh, who's, so close friends, the community members that I met in Montreal. Uh, and, and now the, the conversation has extended, you know, from this original kind of pilot uh, show that, that we developed, uh, in, you know, as an extension of this, um, this residency I created, you know, I, 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 I created this show in, it, it became kind of a, now at this point, it became a, it's become an important part of my practice. This this show, this this project called "I'm Calling Home," and uh, this conversation about w- what is home, where is home, how do you relate to home, um, is it, is really interesting. And and I wanted to bring in different voices because I, I have a complicated relationship to to home, and and it's not always easy to communicate. And it's not always comfortable for me, and it's not always comfortable for others to bring up the topics that that could come up from from my experience of home. And and uh, there's a lot of good things I, I I have to say about you know about my experience at home. But for me, I have a very complicated relationship, and at times there are some difficult topics that that could emerge. And I I didn't want it to be so much about me as it was about uh, a community. So this, the idea of community broadcasting you know, was uh, important for me because I, I grew up in a context where I, I, I went to the community radio because my mother did the news. She did the Eastern Arctic news for, for the, for, for the uh, CBC Eastern Arctic in Inuktitut. So she did the news in, in the, the language, in the Inuktitut language. So I, I saw the, the, the broadcasting um, apparatus, the machines, and, and uh, I would see my, my, my mother prepare her, bro- her, her, um, her report you know, and record it onto the tape and, and, uh, and edit the tape. You know, have to cut the cut the tape with the with the razor blade and, and tape it, splice it together with the tape, and and and, and uh, 
there was a machine to erase tapes and it was a big magnet. I was very impressed by that. And so when, when she would bring me to work, I had nothing else to do but play records, for example. I would play records. And I, 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 uh, I, I, uh, I developed a fond affinity for, for all manner of broadcasting in, in that capacity where, where I, I was brought to the, to the radio. And I could listen to records there. And, uh, and then from there, she also did a bit of a television, community, tele- Inuit broadcasting corporation, TV. So I saw, I saw the importance of, of, and, and of, I saw the importance of uh, community broadcasting because uh, the radio and the TV were really becoming at that point or, or yeah, really becoming at that point historically in the eighties vehicles for the communication of the Inuit culture. So, but I mean, I just took it for granted. I was just a kid growing up in that, in that context. So in order for me to kind of reconnect with, with my idea of home, that include, that included for me that, that, uh, you know, my, my childhood memories and, and I think a privileged perspective to, to, uh, broadcasting, uh, gave that, that, that I was afforded in, in my childhood, you know, uh, informs my practice just as much as like, uh, uh, when I lived with my father and for the time I, I was going to high school, I, ha- I had access to, to certain tools that were, I call them tools, instruments. I had access to a synthesizer and a drum machine and a, a MIDI sequencer. And uh, I was able to, to, uh, to make music for a rap group. And we would book our own shows. So I was part of a group and we made music together. And I was in a very privileged spot because I had access to in- instruments and I could, I could use them to make music. And we, you know, and we, we, we made a demo tape and, and you know, we, we produced our own demo tape and we sold it at our shows and booked our own shows. And I was able to do that in, uh, you know, uh, in, in my later uh, kind of high school, college years, uh, and so I feel I feel very privileged in that sense, where I had I had access to to strong uh, cultural experiences, and even though I had a very com- complicated uh, kind of uh, upbringing, where I had a very disparate experiences that were, that are kind of hard to thread together to form a like. Um, I have a complicated, I have a complicated upbringing. Anyhow, it seems that it seems that technology perhaps was one way to, um, an audio technology, whether it be radio or whether it be electronic music instruments, um, that those were perhaps the thread between these two disparate worlds in a way, between um, you know your experience in the radio station and the Arctic, and then your experience with you know your friends and in making music. Yeah. Having, um, an outlet, having a capacity for, um, expressing myself through, you know, through audio production, through recording, um, 
it, it really gave me a, a meaning and, and uh, really became a vehicle for, for my personal expression, but also, you know, a, a shared cultural experience somehow. And for, so to be able to, to have that, I think is, is, is fun. And to share, to share, uh, to share it through a community radio project, I thought could be an interesting way to bring different stories and uh, I, I wanted to share some of my stories, but uh, I, I think that there, there's, a, there's a rich variety of stories uh, that um, the context of uh, community broadcasting can bring. So what is community? Community is always relative to, to, to one, to an individual. And um, wherever you go, you you could find a community. Um, one would hope, <laughs> unless you're in a very desolate place. But when you're, we're talking to place, we're talking about places and spaces, well, towns. Yeah, I was kind of interested to know how community radio was. The, the idea of that was different up north than it would be in Montreal or in an urban setting. Well, from my experience, there there was there was a very limited set of channels until the time when we had access to cable television and, and then a satellite TV, and, and then we had access to all all the channels. And because I had I had uh, my mother and a stepdad who worked in the broadcasting, I had access to all the channels. But other than uh, than those uh then before that i mean before before the the satellite tv and most people you know most people have most normal people have only have access to one or two channels and the only one radio station and this one radio station and this one uh, you know uh this one radio station particularly the one like the, the community radio broadcasting time because there's a time when there's you know the national news and like let's say we're talking about a remote community of 600 people on, on Baffin Island. Uh, there's a national news and that kind of, or international news and the, there's a time there was a, that kind of information is more or less relevant to the day the day uh, you know uh, activities of a, of a northern Arctic community. But when it's time for the community broadcasting. Uh, hour or, or the the broadcasting the community broadcasting segments. It's during that time that uh, people could share uh, pertinent information about a garage sale, or someone could call in and say, "Jennifer, your dog is running loose," or you know, your uh, uh, it, it's kind of a it's a bulletin board and. Um, you get information about the tides, you get information about the weather, which are very important in a subsistence-based uh, living where you have to go out on, on the land, on the tundra, or, or in, on the sea ice to, to, you know, to, to, ca to get your catch of food. Um, so the community radio is, is, has a very... Um, even today, where now there's, 
we we are getting more and more access to internet and all the channels, all the all the, all the TV channels and all like rock radio and, and um, it's still very important that the community radio uh, aspect in the Arctic and North and that for me is very inspiring and that, so that 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 was the kind of like the guiding principle behind the, this. Uh, this multimedia installation, which exists at, at as a as a radio show on a virtual radio broadcaster, you know, and, and this kind of a, this idea of creating this uh, virtual radio broadcast it, and recreating this idea of a home in in a cultural space such as an art gallery or a community space. Uh, that that was my interest, you know. To to when when I was offered the capacity to develop a, a project, you know, and, and uh, to to I was offered a an artistic residence, and so I I took my creativity and wanted to make a project of it. And this I am calling home. This I'm calling home is this idea of this the name of this radio show. And, and it's in three languages because I speak three languages, and, which is a French and English and Inuktitut. I wanted this community, sh ra virtual community radio show to exist in three languages and, and to uh, to enter in dialogue with with uh, the variety of voices that could be um, uh, that could be encountered. Uh, in different different communities, uh, starting from mine, starting from my community, but to share my experience and to to engage other communities with this uh, discussion about what is home, where is home, how is your home, <laughs> those kind of questions. You know, that's, uh, and since since you even sh um, sharing this virtual broadcast both in the gallery space, but also online. And um, are there different responses you get in those contexts um, to, to, the, to, the, to the question of what is home? Yeah, well, we, like the, I st we started in, in Montreal and and the organization that I was uh, invited to do a residency with is in Ottawa, called the Saw Nordic Lab. And then the 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 first ex, the first place we exhibited the project was with the Canadian Centre for Architecture in Montreal. And then from there, uh, we were able to take the project with the uh, Saw Nordic Lab, who's part of a association of uh, visual art. Uh, uh, artist groups so uh, artist run centers who um, who offer services in french in canada uh, the saw nordic lab is also part of uh, an association called uh, la gaf so l'association de groupes d'artistes visuels francophones so with the partnership with them uh, uh, where i was able to go to Whitehorse, which is in the Yukon, the Yukon Territory, and uh, in, engage in this discussion about what is home, where is home, with uh, with a young man from this community, and uh, with a, a couple of uh, 
my community members who were also visiting, visiting Yukon, when I say my community members, we're, we're talking about the urban Inuit, urban Inuit, urban indigenous peoples, uh, pe people who have a multicultural background like me. Uh, so I, I was visiting White Horse Yukon in the context of, uh, of, uh, of this uh, partnership with, uh, with uh, Agaf and uh, during the same time uh, or concurrently there was uh, the Inuit Art Summit, Arctic Art Summit. I'm sorry if I, I'm not quite a... Arctic Arctic Art Summit. So um, there was uh, Inuit artists that uh, that I know. My friend uh, Nancy Saunders and uh, and uh, and also a community commun uh, member of my community community who's also multicultural like me, who comes from Nunavut, who has a, a parent from Nunavut, and who has a parent who's also French Canadian. Who works within the context of, of uh, you know, uh, community arts, Inuit arts? Um, they were visiting White Horse as well, so I, I invited them to 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 engage in this discussion on on the topic of of what is home, where is home, how do you define home, how does an individual who is multicultural, who has different um, uh, connections to different places and spaces. This young man in White Horse comes from a Quebecois family, a French-Canadian family. How does, he how does he reconcile that cultural uh, reality in, in the context of White Horse? You know? So that was, that's definitely a, a discussion we could have with all kinds of uh, you know, communities. What is home? So uh, to have this capacity to engage uh, in this question with uh, with different people is 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 really fun and and Nancy uh, Nancy Saunders who's a very talented artist uh, accomplished artist uh, throat singer and carver and does uh, painting very very talented uh, also speaks French English and Nuketut and is uh, has uh, you know. Uh, uh, multicultural background as, on, as well as uh, identifying as Inuit, as Inuk. So uh, Isabel, very similar. We, we engaged in this, you know, uh, a lively discussion on this topic. Where how do we relate to our, uh, you know, different uh, cultural uh, reference points and, and, uh, in a world where, where, you know, um, how could I say? Yeah, it, it could be challenging you know, when uh, it's not always so obvious for people of, of uh, multicultural backgrounds. Yeah, of course. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, three. I am from uh, Cape Dorset, Nunavut. You say Kingite, Kingite, uh, um, 
thing. I think it's called uh, Big Mountain is the translation of it. First of all, I was going to elementary school and uh, um, there my grandfather would be carving, would be one on. I see some old pictures of him inside my grandparents' room in the Covenants and stuff like that. Um, he was carving often. When I, when I come home after school, I would pick up a little piece of scraps of stones and start carving. <laughs> my grandfather, he, he was very talented. He made very interesting, uh, unusual movement that very likely reminds me of representation of uh, um, logos, the Hamlet logos and stuff like that and very collab with the Inuit art magazine, stuff like that he been to England and stuff like that and when I was picking up those little chip rock pieces I was trying to make some seals or Inuksuks in my first start He didn't realize I was doing that, so he picked up a piece of big stone in his little safe box outside the backyard. Mm -hmm. So he half shaped me a dancing, a standing bear that I worked on for a couple months. <laughs> right before I was uh, 18, um, before. Uh, I'm 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 on the street by myself, so I managed to got my grandfather's will and then left to Ottawa when I was 17. Like a relief that I was gonna be 18 soon, and uh, I I I couldn't I didn't know what I was gonna do because I was in foster care. So my father was in. Uh, Ottawa and he got the room he got me a bedroom that I can rent and uh, from there things things started to get a little out of hand so after 11 months I just left to Montreal and I was there for 15 years and after that 15 years I moved to uh, Quebec City it's uh, less a little happening here in Quebec City that where I'm at right now, um, it's just wasn't getting any very much attention. So I just got myself uh, my own place uh, coming from the streets and nothing was really going on, like no activities as much, but we were carving ourselves. Uh, um, there's uh, maybe three of us that carved together yeah, there's only three of us that carved together. Uh, yeah, uh, Montreal has a lot more activities going on, but uh, a lot of downhill. That's why uh, I came here to uh, recover to Quebec City. Yeah, I was uh, first searching when I first got here. Um, there was a place called Co-op Zone. And they had a uh, soapstone. The, the, there, there's a store that's uh, mainly store for arts, like paintbrush, canvases, little cheap stones that are really soft. So I just got some from there. But then later on in the meanwhile, I found this guy who has a personal store. 
he has like uh, jewelry and like uh, some of the paintings and like second hand store but he goes down and get some stone works the same kind and from there we started doing very much a collab there's only one kind of stone though there's a lot more stone kinds in mantra um i got when i got off of carving for a little while i don't know for how long maybe at least a little over a couple few years almost um yeah i started rethinking about the carving that i did um that i grew up doing um so i started carving uh, i requested to carve when i was in montreal it was uh in the native friendship center of montreal uh when the youth center was operating uh very well as usual uh, and I carved in one of the rooms uh, because I had n- literally nowhere to carve uh, with my electric tool and the, how hard the stone was. Um, just laying and relaxing for now. Maybe go on a joyride on a merry-go-kart or just to take that little boat. Yeah. When you're going to be with at NASA, you're going to be doing a performance um, uh, after following uh, some of these discussions, uh, these kind of open discussions, um, and, and the performance is going to be kind of derived from those discussions. So I was wondering if you could talk about the relationship of the two and 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 what uh, one would expect to experience in the performance which also will be broadcast as audio right so in in the context of uh you know community broadcasting radio broadcasting uh exp- using that as an outlet for um for stories uh is of great interest but I am also an electronic music producer, and uh, I'm 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 always uh, glad to be able to be invited to places to play my music, my original music productions. So I think uh, it's become part of uh, the project as well to have a, a time where we could have uh, a bit more of. Um, uh, a, a get together. I, I I don't want to say a party. We could we could <laughs> say a party, but uh, uh, a get together where uh, we could have a bit more uh, time to to jam or let loose. So I I, I like to 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 play uh, in a DJ set my my productions and it's uh, I, I get to play some of my music maybe um, uh, with this idea of this radio show. I've been kind of encountering a new way of approaching performance where I, I've, uh, I've been approaching musical performance as, uh, in a very particular way where I, I'm often hunched down in front of my laptop in a very cerebral manner going through 
my files and, and trying to uh, find the next track to mix or mixing two tracks together and making sure it's all, uh, you know, my mixes are, are working together and my loops and my effects and my filters are, are working, are all working together well or in an interesting way. And, or, um, and, uh, there was a time I was performing a little bit more improvised sets, uh, using, um, you know, using software, production software, Ableton Live, uh, using Ableton and, and performing live. But for, 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 uh, for reasons of uh, convenience and because I've amassed quite of a body of uh, recordings, a body of work, uh, my, my performances have taken a kind of a, more of a DJ format and I mix and match my... my my production and my recordings uh, and uh, my tracks, and, and, you know, into, into a performance. But now with this radio uh, project, I've been taken on and, and engaging in, in a more kind of a, kind of a talk talk show format or community radio format, where there's different segments, different little capsules. I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing my uh, this uh, a meeting point, uh, a capacity to kind of bring both together in, in a performance where we have a bit more of a room to, to, to engage in discussion. I don't necessarily have to do the full-on DJ set, and we could do a bit more um, to bring in some of this discussion uh, during during this performative time you know and uh and to have a time to to be able to bring in some elements you know specific to to uh you know like what is home for you darren you know, and what is home for for people who are who are going to be within this uh within the space with us like hopefully we'll have visitors within the space within these uh these events where we're hosting and uh it's good to engage in this discussion and i'm i'm always uh open and uh, interested in in um seeing if there's interest in response from for from uh visitors how can uh, one hear like the discussion you had in Yukon and to hear some of the music that you've been making recently um, influenced by the, this topic of home? Right. Um, so if you go to the website nvb1.com, nvb, nvb1.com, that's north that stands for Northern Virtual Broadcasting Channel One, nvb1.com, which is uh, the website where I'm hosting uh, some audio files. Uh, you know, of uh, I'm calling home. This virtual radio show called I'm Calling Home. You could listen to some audio segments there, and um, there's the blog segment and uh, for for the francophone. Uh, listeners, for there, there's the segments in Whitehorse that you could listen to there uh, in the blog um, and uh, on the website NVB One. Just on on the front page, you could listen to the to the pilot show that was done 
in, in partnership with my, uh, you know, uh, urban Inuit community members. Uh, and the, the, the segments and capsules are, are of a different variety. We have, um, we have the weather in Inuktitut and, um, for, for those in the know, or for those not in the know, it's a very humoristic uh, weather. It's, it, it, uh, the Inuktitut weather uh, I'm, I'm giving as an example as part of the, the, the radio show, the radio, um, yeah, I'm calling home, an example of, of the kind of the programming that exists, right? It's, it's important to have the weather in the community radio show, radio programming. So the weather, we have a fictitious weather and, uh, and uh, it's a fantastic, well, well I call, we call it the fantastic weather. And uh, it gives the weather of different communities in, in the northern Quebec and in Nuuk, but also in, in places such as Cuba and, and Casablanca. But uh, the, the weather is all inverted when he reads it. So it's, 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 it's kind of humoristic because it's, it's like a tropical weather in, in Greenland and, and, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, freezing in Casablanca and there's a snowstorm in, in Cuba. So uh, it sounds like a very conventional, boring weather uh, format uh, weather sh weather um, capsule in Inuktitut, but when you when you listen to it and when you understand the Inuktitut, it, it's uh, it's a fantastic weather. So that's an example of the uh, with of the, um, a capsule that uh, you know that we produced, um, and uh, there's there's different segments. There's an interview with uh, with Tommy, who is a carver who's who lives you know. At, at risk, who lives, uh, you know, close to homelessness, and uh, so interview with Tommy and his, his experience with carving and, and how it's important, how that's important to him, you know, carving and how he relates to home and how he got to Quebec City where he's staying at now. For, he lived. I, I met him in Montreal, and he lives in Quebec City. And he he doesn't speak French. How he and he's he's uh, very funny. Uh, uh, funny uh, guy, you know. The, the, he speaks Inuktitut and, and English, and he's he's decided he 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 wants to carve, and he's a very talented carver. And so, interview with Tommy, and uh, there, there's um, uh, my friend Patrick does uh, uh, information capsule about the dew line. But uh, in the, the distant early warning line, which was set up, uh, you know, in, which was established by the Canadian and U.S. military during the Cold War, as a as a kind of a radar to 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 um, to see if the Russians were were going to attack across the polar cap, right? So the dew line, uh, how it's an important historical occurrence for the for the arctic for the inuit peoples because prior to the dew line the the, the development wasn't really happening the, the biggest development that was that had happened in the arctic up until the dew line was whaling you know whaling mm -hmm. yeah, that's far away in, in most people's cultural memories although it was only 200 years ago but uh, whaling and we, you know, in the days of whaling, people really relied on, on, on that industry. But it's very seldom talked about. But I digress. The, the dew line is a very important uh, historical, you know, uh, 
there's the before and after the dew line up in the Arctic. And uh, it's it, it, with the dew line came uh, important infrastructure and uh, settlements uh, and really uh, important cultural change. And it's in the context of the dew line that, that uh, my, my mother became um, sedentarized, you know, within the context of Canada. And uh, it was uh, her father, my grandfather, who had to choose a last name because before that we didn't have last names in that capacity. And they were, they were given E-numbers because they had two complicated names for the government. But I digress. I digress. Um... Et maintenant, pour une capsule historique. Bonjour, je suis content d'être ici. J'aimerais parler de l'extraordinaire bon technologique que le peuple Inuit a vécu en peu de générations. En 1954, les gouvernements canadiens et américains ont décidé de construire une ligne de station radar dans l'Arctique. On l'appelait la ligne DOU, un acronyme anglais qui veut dire « ligne avancée d'alerte précoce » pour contrer la menace soviétique. C'est vraiment là que le gouvernement canadien a commencé à s'intéresser plus au peuple Inuit. Avant ça, les Inuits suivaient un mode de vie traditionnel, nomade. Le gouvernement canadien a décidé de sédentariser les Inuits pour s'assurer de la souveraineté canadienne sur le Grand Nord. Ils ont introduit en même temps le mode de vie occidental. Les politiques d'assimilation du gouvernement ont produit des dérapages comme l'implantation des pensionnats autochtones et leurs conséquences désastreuses. Malgré les ratés, le peuple Inuit a pu grandir jusqu'à même implanter un nouveau territoire, le Nunavut, dans les années 90, où le peuple Inuit ont retrouvé leur droit de s'autogouverner. L'Inuit d'aujourd'hui est bien implanté dans notre monde occidental, utilisant les réseaux sociaux pour exprimer leur espoir et leur déception. La culture Inuit est bien vivante et continue à progresser dans ce nouveau millénaire. The show, in a way, is to kind of fill in the gaps of about Arctic experience for the people that uh, for for non-Arctic listeners, or is it really about creating community within uh, y your Arctic friends and colleagues? Well, no, that's a that's a good question. I I think it, this project I'm calling home is that the you know, kind of a meeting point of both my my personal kind of very subjective experience. But I hope that I'm able to bring within this conversation I'm having uh, different voices to, to this topic. But while we're having this conversation, I think, yeah, we have the capacity to engage in this topic about what is, you know, what is Canada? What is who, who are who are some of the different indigenous peoples who've you know had to um, had to relate with Canada and how, like we take it for granted that uh, this is the country we live in, but 
it's like I'm an immigrant, some, like I'm a second generation immigrant of some sorts in some kind of way. And, but at the, at the same time, being an indigenous person, I don't know if that makes sense to, to mm-hmm. say, you know, uh, but it, it's a very complex question. And, and I, it's interesting to bring in these perspectives and these experiences uh, to the to southern audiences because uh, it's a seldom heard perspective and also we get different we get a particular view you know and I think I'm able to bring in a, a, a unique point of view and but at the same time I hope to bring in different voices that that could help show um, different aspects of northern arctic cultural references um for me this project i'm calling home started as a way to connect with different inuit cultural reference points but using the community radio station as kind of the the central point uh, and the community I, I sought to to connect with was the Inuit community, and that for me very subjective. But from there, my idea with this project was to be able to to share this story, but to invite others to be able to share their story, while having a capacity to you know to hear uh, to engage in a conversation and to get a different perspectives on this topic so um there's a lot there's a lot of different kind of tangents that could be encountered in these discussions but uh, you know at the root the, the the project i'm calling home started with this uh, interest in community broadcasting in the north and in the north, uh, specifically in the Canadian Arctic, in the Canadian Arctic. But then from there, it, it, the conversation expands to, well, we, we expanded the conversation to include Francophone communities in Canada with mm-hmm. the partnership with uh, AGAF. So uh, I'm able to... And and I'm glad to partner on in my capacity that I'm I'm also I'm I'm fluently French as well. Like I just as much as I'm able to speak English, I'm able to speak French. And my mother tongue is Inuktitut, so and I'm still able to speak Inuktitut. Maybe not as fluently as I do English, but so I'm calling home as a vehicle for my personal expression, but also a means to interact with society. Because I have a problem, difficulty, social anxiety, whatever. Like it's hard to to sometimes to to make connections for different reasons. So, and, and I was offered an opportunity to 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 develop a project that touched not only on my experiences but invites others to like uh, like it's not just it's not just a one-way conversation i'm 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 
because I'm sharing my story, I'm, I'm interested in hearing inversely what other people have to say. So, and where we're, wherever we go with I'm calling home, um, whether that's uh, Montreal, Whitehorse, or, uh, North Bay, South River, we're, um, we're planning to go to St. Boniface and uh, Moncton. We're engaging in this topic about what is home, where is home within these different new contexts. So I started with this idea of home. My reference of home is Baffin Island, Montreal. You know, uh, those were my ideas of home when I started on the project. But because we're we're taking this conversation into new spaces, new places. The, we're getting new perspectives. And really, it's a very broad topic. And it, it could mean anything. anything. You could say anything about what is home, where is home. But what interests me is that sense of um, intimacy, the sense of connection with a time and a space, uh, uh, not just a, a house, it's nice the house, but the, in the house there's a radio show and the radio show is playing something and, and that radio show connects you to the space that extends beyond your home and the space is, uh, it's a geography, it's a land and it has, it has seasons, it has weather, it has tide, the, the, the ocean, if you're near the ocean which is often the case in Arctic communities. <laughs> the oceans has tides, and, and people have, uh, have uh, garage sales. And, um, and one particular thing that, uh, is, is, uh, that I wanted to bring into this uh, project is this idea within the community radio broadcasting in the, in the Canadian Arctic because it's it's um, it's uh, how could I say it's a bulletin board. It's kind of a soapbox too, where people call in, and uh, it could be an elder sharing a story about their their recent hunt, hunting trip, or they have a particular lessons that they want to impart to listeners, and they could just start going on and on and on interminably on the radio but it's it's of uh, interest and it's of import and uh those that was you know that's something that uh, that uh resonates in me you know and that's something i wanted to share in some somehow some way i don't know how much of a talented artist i am but i i it's something that i do and it's something that i'm glad to be able to do and uh I hope to be able to bring uh, contemplation or reflection or, uh, you know, a, a novel uh, idea or a time of, yeah, just a, just a, it's just a time to think about what is home and to, to reconnect with that because that was my, my goal because I felt very disconnected from home. Like I, I'm, I'm a very nomadic person because I've had to become a nomadic person by circumstance. I've had to become very self, like I've had to 
I don't have a home anymore other than my apartment. That's my home. So I, I had to develop a project where I had to recreate a virtual memory of what is home because I, I don't no longer, I no longer have a family home to go to because of historical circumstance, because of the intergenerational trauma of residential school. It's made it so I can't talk to my mother anymore. Like I can't talk to my son. That's an intergenerational trauma. Is 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 very hard. It weighs very hard on me, and it caused me a lot of grief. But f to have a, a creative outlet where I could have a conversation and to to open the door to a difficult place for me, which is the Arctic, which is the Canadian Arctic. Uh, and this project for me is very personal. But the more I looked at it, the more I wanted it to be very impersonal and generic as much as possible because everyone has something to say about what is home, and that is just as important about as what is my you know, very subjective experience. Great. Well, I thank you for opening up and sharing all of that uh, and providing your 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 personal story in there. Um, so thanks a lot, Geronimo, and uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to see you, and thanks for uh, for ha having this uh, discussion with me, and. Uh, I, I look forward to continuing having discussions with you, Darren, uh, hopefully. Yes, uh, we'll have many more in the next yeah. week. So. <laughs> Ulakut, this is a public service announcement brought to you by the Association of Inuit Ancestors. Sightings of Halupalik have been popping up all over the Arctic. With your children's safety at heart, we remind you, do not play on the ice. Any sightings of Holopilic must be reported to your nearest elder or your local RCMP detachment. Nakomik, and now back to your program. Eat.